0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Oswald Chamber writes, If you want to know the energy of God, what he means is, if you want to know the enabling power of God, or the power of the Holy Spirit in your life today, if you want to know the energy of God, you must brood on the tragedy of God. We have not brooded enough, he writes, on the tragedy of Calvary or on the meaning of redemption. Brood. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Brood did not have so much the meaning it has acquired today to think anxiously or gloomily about. When Oswald Chamber used this word in the 1800s, it had more of this other meaning, to sit on or to incubate for the purpose of hatching, a hen brooding over her eggs. And for a person to brood meant to sit quietly and thoughtfully, ruminate, consider, ponder. Chambers declares we have not brooded enough on the tragedy of Calvary or on the meaning of redemption. This may be the most special, maybe the most important Lent we have ever experienced. If not that, at least, this may be a unique journey through Lent. I say that because we have decided to take Oswald Chambers' advice and brood on the cross. Not for a day, Good Friday, not for a week, Holy Week, but as a family of faith, we are going to brood on the cross for the six weeks of Lent. We will take a point in time when heaven and earth intersected, the cross of Jesus Christ, Good Friday, and extrapolate from that point a line from there to today, First Lent. We will accomplish this by considering Jesus' seven last words from the cross as given to us in the four Gospels. Well, there's that marvelous number again that we have encountered over and over in our study of Revelation, seven. Remember, seven is the sign of completion, wholeness, perfection. Jesus said all that needed to be said in those crucial hours, no more and no less. And if you are interested in the entire menu for brooding on the cross, you need to come on Wednesday too or listen from our websites as we look at faces in the crowd at Calvary when Jesus was crucified. Take our tri-fold home with you for a ready reference for the journey of Lent, Holy Week and Easter. In today's Gospel, in the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness after his baptism, we hear Jesus respond to Satan, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This Lent, let us not live, let us live not by bread alone, but on every word that came from the mouth of Jesus, God's Son, While he was hanging upon the cross. Let us begin. Jesus' first words from the cross were, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It has been suggested that the first word may have been spoken at the very moment when the nails were being driven into the hands of our Lord. No one wants to pause and consider the horror of that moment. The New Testament does not encourage it. One short sentence is all that we have. Simply the words, and they crucified him. There is no attempt to give any morbid details. But if you allow your imagination to function, we sense and feel an indescribable horror to what was done by human beings to the loveliest life that ever lived. The first word of the cross was a word of forgiveness. An English vicar, W.U. Jacob, not well known, wrote this about this moment. A word of forgiveness, no one asked for it, no one implored it. Before it ever occurred to anyone to ask for forgiveness for the sin of Calvary, that forgiveness was already there, held out towards mankind as the free gift of God, free for us, but very costly to God, God's Son. But that is how God always deals with mankind. Before we ask, He gives. It is He who takes the first step. If ever we were expected to find a flaw in the character of Jesus, It is here in these moments of agony when he had to receive in his own person the pent-up fury of his enemies. And it is here that we receive the most convincing sign. Listen to this. The most convincing sign that this man surely was the Son of God. Jesus, nailed to the cross, prayed in that dark noontide hour, not for himself that he might be spared not for his enemies that he might they might be punished not even that he might triumph over those who had triumphed over him but Jesus prayed simply to the father that they might be forgiven far more horrifying than the thought of what our lord suffered is the thought that in a way it was we who helped to make him suffer all of mankind's sins our sins too our selfishness our greed our pride our indifference all of these and all of us combined to nail jesus to the cross again this wonderful english vicar wu jacob writes there was the fickleness of the crowd there was the crude brutality of the soldiers, the treachery of his friend Judas, the betrayal of his friend Peter, the abandonment of his disciple friends. There was the cowardice of Pontius Pilate, unwilling to face the issue, washing his hands of moral responsibility. And in all these things, we see not only the fault of one man in one age, but of all men and women in all ages, the arrogance, and pride that were to be seen then are to be seen now. Here is the love of Jesus in its purest form. It is as if Jesus says in those words, I will not hold this against you. I will not hate you for this. I will not seek my revenge. I will not spit in your face in rage, and frustration. I will love you even now. I will love you even more. I forgive you. Father, forgive them. No wonder the anonymous author wrote the song titled, What Wondrous Love Is This? So the forgiveness is offered from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But let us understand that the Father's forgiveness through his Son, Jesus, does not mean we are reconciled with our Father. We are not reconciled with God the Father or God the Son until we make our response. It always takes two to have a reconciliation. One person forgives... The other person acknowledges their fault, seeking forgiveness. Think the words of the absolution pronounced after the general confession every Sunday. It begins the absolution after our confession, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who in His great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins. To all those who sincerely repent, repentance, I want to change. And with true faith, turn to Him. So to be reconciled requires this. Repentance as well as true faith, that is, trust in the Lord Jesus. Let's focus simply on repentance. Repentance enables reconciliation. Repentance effects reconciliation. Repentance is like endorsing the check in order to cash it. So, what is repentance? It is a complete turnaround. We take three giant steps in humility and honesty. Confession, contrition, amendment. We take three giant steps in humility and honesty. Confession, contrition, amendment. Confession, acknowledgement, I did it. Contrition, I am sorry I did it. Or, I am profoundly sorry I did it. An amendment, I do not intend to do it again. Help me, Lord. To receive God's forgiveness, to receive another person's forgiveness, to forgive ourselves, this is what we do. We repent. We have a change of heart. We do this. Confession, with contrition, that leads to amendment confession contrition amendment i did it i'm sorry i did it i intend not to do it again with god's help in first i'm sorry in second corinthians st paul gives us a picture of what the formula forgiveness plus repentance equals reconciliation what that looks like here's second corinthians from the 5th chapter and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And Paul concludes, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Our message of reconciliation, Paul says that we have been given. Uh, Ambassadors for Christ, he says that we are. We become the people of forgiveness, forgiving others. We become the people of repentance, willing to humble ourselves, enabled to say, I am sorry, I was wrong, will you forgive me? That is our message of reconciliation. We imitate the Lord Jesus we model the role of those who forgive as well as those who repent in order that, as Paul writes here, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God and a witness in a broken, faithless culture. Michael Carr, one of my favorite singers from another era, uh, wrote this wonderful um, three-verse song, and this is the last verse. and It's, it's just so... So lovely to me, question and answer. He writes and he sings, Why did it have to be a heavy cross he was made to bear? And why did they nail his feet and hands? His love would have held him there. It was a cross for on a cross. A thief was supposed to pay. And Jesus had come into the world to steal every heart away. Yes. Jesus had come into the world to steal every heart away. Here we are at the foot of the cross. Before we say or do anything, Jesus looks into our eyes and says, Father, forgive. Father, forgive this young man. I have known this forgiveness since my mid-twenties. Since then, my gratitude has only increased all the more for what Christ Jesus has done for me. At times I have been so guilty of rebellion, acting out, breaking God's law, so guilty of indifference. And in those times when I have come to my senses, come to my senses, I did it. I'm sorry I did it. Help me, Lord. I am so grateful to meet Jesus at the foot of his cross and receive his forgiveness. I am so grateful to be reconciled with my Heavenly Father. And Lord, as you have forgiven me, continue to fill me with such gratitude for this forgiveness and reconciliation that I may become an ambassador of forgiveness. In all my relationships. An ambassador of reconciliation. In all my relationships. Brothers and sisters. Hear the words of our absolution again. And take them to heart. Almighty God our Heavenly Father. Who in his great mercy. Has promised forgiveness of sins. To all those who sincerely repent. And with true faith turn to him have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.